Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Greetings, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Wednesday, September 2nd, 2015, and this is The Ride. Hey, I'm so glad you're here with me today. Make sure you buckle up for safety. This morning I spent time in Axe. And to be quite honest, today's show will probably be shorter than normal because I was just enjoying every minute of that. And uh, didn't start the podcast until way into my commute. So maybe you just needed a shorter show today, I guess. I don't know. I'm really trusting the Lord. I feel like I've been covering so many issues that I just get as I'm commuting that I'm feeling like anything else is going to have to come from heaven because I'm running out of my own thoughts on things. But I've felt this way in the past on multiple occasions, and the Lord's always been faithful, and, you know, we've touched on issues that I didn't know I was thinking about, so I'll believe that for today as well. So I'm listening to Acts and really loving it. It's encouraging to me because here's a story of the church as it first begins to grow. And of course, one of the main reasons why it grow why it grew well, I, there's a couple things. Obviously, they were Christians. They weren't even called Christians at the time. They were just followers of the way. They were being persecuted. And that caused them to spread. But they but they were witnesses of something. The early church, there were people who actually broke bread with Jesus after he rose from the dead. And I don't know how you would take it, but if I was <laughs> interacting with someone who obviously was dead and now is alive. I think that, I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just about do anything to promote the gospel that he was sharing? In Acts, it talks about how the church sold everything, you know, a lot of the people were selling everything they had to give to the poor and to share and to live communally. That's a big deal to do that. So that tells me that there was evidence of a major thing happening and the and the fact that Christ rose from the dead obviously was an impacting thing to the people. So you had the Messiah rise from the dead. You had the church being persecuted for it. 
You had, let's not forget, the Holy Spirit being poured out on them and their numbers increased crazy. You had boldness of heaven through people like Stephen who though martyred you you know some of the Pharisees who heard what Stephen said and saw how the church was growing you knew that some of those guys were like I don't know man there's there's something that we ought to be careful about here in fact one of the respected Jewish leaders said of the followers of the way and of the disciples who were preaching the gospel that if it was of man if if the if the gospel was just a man's invention then it would die away just like these other uh, movements that was brought up at the time but if it was from heaven, then you don't. Then there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop it. So then, after the after the religious leaders heard that respected man's comments about that, they took them and they flogged the disciples. I don't know. It just seemed kind of funny to me. Like they're almost testing God or something. You guys just, I'm just driving by the house that's going to be ours within a month's time, and I'm really ready to be there. But until I get into my destination, I have to live each day, right? Isn't that what we have to do? So, back to the church and its first starts. So you had Jesus rising from the dead. Persecution. The Holy Spirit poured out. The boldness of the disciples encouraging and challenging even the religious leaders of the day. And then you got this character named Saul. So Saul was one of these religious guys. In fact, he was zealous for the Jewish customs he would tell you that he never broke one and he followed it to the T you'll find out later in some of his later writings that he declared himself as very devout in that way and yet here's a guy who though persecuting Christians And even their standing when Stephen was martyred, approving of it, God chose to use him. That is such a great picture. Because of all the people, of all the people that God could have used, he picks this guy who is the absolute... You know, he had to turn 180 degrees, didn't he? And God used him. And when I say used him, I just caught wind of how that maybe sometimes comes across. I 
talk about that a lot, how God can use you and things like that in that term. I don't... I want to be careful that it's clear what I mean by that because God doesn't use us like we're a tool. I don't want to be a tool. Where God wields this tool against this rock mountain to break down the mountain and and, and we get beat up in the process. That's not how God uses us. I'd like you to consider that God uses us to accomplish His will because that's what I want. I want God's will to be accomplished. And if He's going to get that accomplished, I want to be part of it. You want to be part of it. I want to be part of it so that at some point when I stand before him, he'll say, you know what? You are part of my plan. So I want to be part of it. And and so in that way, I want to be used. So instead of like we're a tool that's being, you know, damaged against some challenge that, you know, the Christians need to solve this challenge. It's not like that at all. We're more like a vessel that holds this life-giving water that gets poured out on dry land and on really barren places. And that's how God uses us. It doesn't damage us. It simply fulfills our purpose. So when I want to be used of God, that's what I'm talking about. And Paul, well, Saul, his name was changed when he made that 180. Or rather, God showed him the 180 that could be made. And then he turned around and started doing what God was asking him to do. You know... I don't remember the Christian or the follower of the way that was told by the Lord, you need to go lay your hands. I want to say Ananias, but I don't know if that's quite it. Look it up in Acts. He was the the follower that had to go and lay hands on Saul or Paul, which would restore his sight. And, of course, that was a big challenge to this guy because, you know, here's this guy who's murdering or at least approving of the murdering of Christians. Yet he did it. I kind of understand why he did it. Because when an angel or when the voice of the Lord or something supernatural is telling you to do something... You got to do it and not be concerned about what what the natural results could appear to be. 
simply do what the Lord says. So Paul did that too. He began to spread the news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So God takes this guy and a turnaround happens. And of course that should be an encouragement to us because if God can use somebody like Saul, remember use, he's using Saul and Paul to be a vessel to pour out. So as Paul is pouring out his vessel of, you picture this, this pitcher or something. It's fulfilling the purpose of the pitcher. So here's Paul. Before he knows the Lord, he has a purpose and he doesn't even know it. And it takes a word from God Almighty for him to see that there is not only a purpose that will help him out, but a purpose that will help the world out. Because the reason you're hearing this podcast today is probably because of Paul. So as he's doing what he's supposed to do, what God's called him to do, is everything going easy for him? You know the answer is no. He has to endure hardships. A lot of hardships. The kind of hardships that you've never had to endure. Unless perhaps you have been in war situations and maybe you've had to endure some of near-death experiences. But most people don't have to endure that. But Paul was beaten within an inch of death a number of times. And even the believers of the day, remember that story I told you about how, they, how these believers were flogged? Um, they considered that an honor to have been persecuted for the name of Christ. So what happens today when we get persecuted? When you're doing your when you are fulfilling the calling that God has given you, you might not be beaten with rods. But what kind of persecution do you receive? Can I say that most of the time the persecution that we think we would have to endure and so therefore we don't do what we're thinking we ought to do like sharing the gospel or whatever we a lot of times we don't endure any kind of persecution what we're doing is we are playing it forward in our mind oh well if I were to do this then this will happen for, bad for me uh, here's an example um, if I share my faith with somebody and what the Lord has done in my life and how it could you know, impact 
someone else, if I were to share that, I will suffer job loss or ridicule or if I'm younger maybe I would worry that I would be bullied for example and so it keeps us silent you know even starting this podcast I I was thinking to myself would I would I have even started this thing this almost been a month now would I have even started this thing a year ago? And I think the answer would have been no. You know why? Because I would have been worried about what people would think of me. And though I, I guess I am kind of concerned about, you know, what people think of Rusty James, I'm more, at least at this point, I'm more concerned about what you think of Jesus Christ. And I think that's a great place to be. So as an encouragement to all of us today, know that like Paul, God has your back no matter what kind of persecution you face or what kind you think you might face. You know, most of the time, we're not going to actually face that persecution or ridicule to the level that we think it might happen. In fact, I want to throw that on its head and believe that if you are speaking the Word of God, that that doesn't come back void, that there's actually... A benefit that takes place it might not be in the natural world where you could see it quickly but it's a spiritual reward and I believe that when you share the gospel of Jesus when you are bold with your faith and bold doesn't need to be in somebody's face it's just bold in the sense that this is what I believe and I'm going to declare what I believe. We all have that ability to do that. If you're able to do that, even in the face of some kind of thought that this is not going to go well for me, but do it anyway, I believe something happens in the spirit realm that rewards, maybe not you, maybe not you physically or financially or anything like that, but it rewards... There's a reward that happens, and it brings glory to God. God's the one to be getting the glory anyway. It's not for us. I don't do this to get glory for Rusty James. And you shouldn't shouldn't share your faith to bring glory to you. It's to bring glory to the King. It's a satisfying feeling to be poured out and to be the vessel of what God wants us to be. It's satisfying to know that the vessel isn't highly regarded so much. But it's the water, that life-giving water that flows through us, that's what's highly regarded. 
And sure, we can be applauded for being willing to be poured out, certainly. And there is that element that is very satisfying to the believer. But it's not the end goal. The end goal is to bring people to understanding and repentance so that they can, in turn, pour out to those in their circle. And that's how the Word of God spreads. In Acts, there's a story of how... And there's one, there's one more thing as far as how the church really started. So we, we mentioned Paul and the fact that he had this turnaround. And that in and of itself would speak to the Jews of the day and convince those who may have been religious that they can see a change in somebody's life that's someone that they would have respected in, in, the, in the Jewish customs and then all of a sudden this guy is preaching the gospel. But not only that, but then this final piece, the final piece that really, if you're not a Jew right now, this final piece is what brought you into the picture, into God's kingdom. And that's when God showed Peter that the kingdom of God was not only for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. And so if you're not a Jew today, that means you're a Gentile and, the, and you are part of the kingdom of God because of this, this part of the start of the birth of the church. And Peter goes to Cornelius's. Man, I'm hoping I'm getting all that right. Who was a Gentile, but was who sought the Lord and prayed. And you know, you can look at Cornelius as kind of the outsider because he wasn't a Jew. But he still prayed. And he still sought the Lord. And the Lord told him that this guy is going to be coming. Or actually, I think he said, you need to go ask for Peter. And the Lord gave Peter this message, a vision, basically that the Gentiles should be included in the church. And then he went with them and preached to his family and his friends at Cornelius's. And as all that was happening, the Holy Spirit fell upon all the people there. And they began to speak in other tongues. And that was the same kind of evidence that they saw in the upper room. And the disciples are looking at Peter thinking, what's going on? These are Gentiles. And the Spirit has been poured upon them. Which should really not have been any kind of surprise to Peter after having gotten the vision that, hey, 
we need to go to these Gentiles. Because, you know, the Jews, they, they weren't supposed to eat with them. They weren't supposed to even go into their house. And yet God said, you need to do that. So he was shaking things up. God was shaking things up. God was shaking things up. So for there to be growth, God shook some things up. What's God shaking up in your life today? Do you want growth? Do you want a revival of of God's spirit in your life? What's he shaking up? What's he tilling up? Is there places in your life that are kind of like dry ground? He's the ultimate pour out of this life-giving water. He pours it into us and we pour it out. So is he shaking you up today? Is he challenging you? Don't be like Saul, or don't be like Saul could have been, let's put it that way. Don't be like Saul could have been and heard this Jesus speak to him on the road to Damascus and stick to, but then have, but have him stick with his own man-made religious ways. Lucky for us, he didn't do that, but he followed the word of the Lord. So our challenge today, follow the word of the Lord today. And I can guarantee that there will be certain things in the word of God that will shake up your life. It will shake up how you see things. Paul was shook up. Peter was shook up. They had to see things differently. So I know for all of us that we need to see things differently than we did the day before. I don't know what that means for you. I don't fully know what that means for me. But I think being shaken up is a good thing because that means God that means God cares about you. In the word it says that God disciplines those he loves, his children. If he's willing to do that and he can shake up your world so that you see things differently, maybe more in tune with how he sees things, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth, what's the next part? As it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We want what's going on in heaven to be on earth. That causes our natural world to have to be shaken. Are you willing to be shaken today? I know you are. I pray you are. Lord, shake us. 
shake us so that we don't so that we don't see things like we did the day before shake us like a polaroid picture amen that's right he's going to shake us like a polaroid picture shake 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 Cause he he makes a picture appear that was not there before. <laughs> awesome! What an awesome picture of what God can do in your life. Let your world be shaken. Let your status quo be challenged by the Word of God. And as you find out what the Word is telling you, implement it. Hear what the word is saying today. Do those things. Live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And I will see you on the flip.